Fire Nation, the time for blending in is gone. The time for just copying the copiers is gone. You need to stand out. You need to be disruptive. And that is exactly why I'm bringing you this audio masterclass, how to create a disruptive physical product. And the things that we talk about today are how to create a disruptive physical product, but it also applies to the virtual world or anything else that you are going to be creating. It needs to be disruptive. Disruptive, And there's very few people that are as disruptive as Mickey Agrawal. She is a social entrepreneur who uses disruptive innovation to challenge the status quo and to change culture. She's a founder of several acclaimed social enterprises, Wild Thinks, Icon, and Tushy. And she's the author of the best-selling book, Do Cool, we'll just call it Stuff. And her next book is called Disrupt Her, and it'll hit the bookshelves in January of 2019. And her message has been featured in all the major media outlets like New York Times, ABC, CNN, NBC, and Mickey was named in Fast Company's Most Creative People and in Inc.'s Most Impressive Women Entrepreneurs. She is just an absolute rock star. I will say that some of the topics that she talks about have to do with sanitation, like all things toilet paper, if you can kind of get my meaning. So, you know, maybe if you're with young kids, this might not be for you. Maybe if you're super uncomfortable around topics like this, <laughs> then maybe this isn't for you. We have a lot over 2,000 great episodes to maybe tune into, but this episode has value bomb after value bomb. So I hope you do listen, but consider yourself forewarned. We talk about the bathroom and toilet paper and things in that area quite a bit, but it makes a great point and value bombs again, they are dropped. So we're going to dive into that as soon as we get back from thinking our sponsor. You've heard me say this before, ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Well, what makes ZipRecruiter so smart? It learns what you like. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter and start reviewing applications, your feedback teaches ZipRecruiter's matching technology more about the precise skills and experiences you're looking for. That's how ZipRecruiter invites more qualified people to apply, which helps you quickly get better and better candidates until you find the perfect one. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right free. Just go to ziprecruiter.com slash fire. That's ziprecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So Mickey, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Hey, Fire Nation. My name is Mickey Agrawal and um, I am uh, here in, in sunny Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And one thing about me that you might not know is that I um, had a uh, cesarean section birth and during the times when my baby was sleeping and um, napping is when I wrote my entire book, Disrupt Her. Wow. And this is the book that's coming out January 2019. So how do you feel like you had the time to do something like that between those kind of fits and bursts of, of energy that you had? I mean, I just feel like it poured out of me. I think obviously when you write a book, like it, it can't be something that's inauthentic. It has to like really come out of you and fly out of you. And I think for me, I had just so much to say. I went through a lot last year, um, building my business and, and, and scaling it, you know, exponentially. And, and then, you know, dealing with, with just some crazy, crazy sort of setbacks. Um, and I just had a lot to say about it. Um, also, you know, society, kind of, you know, somehow dictates, you know, how we should think, sound, behave, you know, look, feel, 
um, still today and, and the fact that that we're still worried about you know um, how people might perceive us um, because of this the societal conditioning um, just all needs to get disrupted and so I've been I was just very passionate about all of it and I think my baby being born I just had hormones raging inside of me that <laughs> I was able to really just you know put some authentic on paper. Well, that's why I'm really fired up today, Mickey, because you are going to come on and share with Fire Nation the details on how to create a disruptive physical product. I mean, you've done it. You've actually done it in multiple mediums, whether it be physical, virtual, all these other places. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into that and kind of really just see what your brain comes up with. But before we kind of get into these specific points, what's an overview that we're going to be talking about today when it comes to creating a disruptive physical product? Yeah, I think a lot of people have have come in and and asked me, you know, like you're able to to really look at taboo categories and create products around things that people don't like talking about and you know, how do you do it? Like, what are the steps to take to make it happen? Like when you have an idea, like what's the first, second, third step you need to take? You know, how do you, how do you promote a product that's weird and that people don't, haven't seen before? Um, you know, how do you, um, you know, market or brand something that, um, you know, people are uncomfortable talking about, or that's disruptive in a category that's been pretty sort of standard for a really long time. You know, there's just these questions that are coming up over and over again. And, and, you know, my goal here is to sort of pull back the curtain and, you know, kind of like Wizard of Oz, you know, when, when you know, like there's a scary <laughs> Oz character and you're like, you're, you know, like it's like Dorothy, she, you know, she's terrified. And so it was like the lion and the tin man, everyone's terrified. And then like when you actually get to Oz, you know, and, and there's this like little man like behind the curtain, like, you know, pulling these levers, you know, when you pull it back, pull back the curtain, it's, it's actually not that scary after all. And I think the goal here is is to make something that seems scary, not so scary. Well, I personally love this word disrupt because, I mean, Fire Nation, we are living in this world right now where everybody is copying everybody else's success. I mean, you see somebody that has a little bit of success in this one thing and then all, all of a sudden it's just everybody's doing that one thing and it makes it absolutely impossible to stand out. Where on the flip side, what we need to be doing is disrupting the status quo. You need to be zigging when other people are zagging. You need to be finding that blue ocean fire nation. Otherwise, you're just screaming into the wind. And guess what? Nobody cares and nobody's going to hear your voice. So Mickey, let's talk about disruption. And I actually would love to know, how do you come up with a disruptive idea in the first place? Yeah, I mean, I think it always starts with you. It always has to start with you. Like what sucks in your world? Um, you know, for me, you know, my most recent company is called Tushy and we're looking at disrupting the bathroom, specifically the toilet category. Um, so for example, you know, when I went to the bathroom prior to coming up with my, my product, which I'll share in a second, you know, I would, I would go to the bathroom. I would have to, you know, I would take a poop and then I would take a bunch of dry paper, like toilet paper and then try and clean the poop off with dry paper. When you really talk about it like that. You're kind of laugh and say like, we're crazy, right? Like crazy. would we would we jump in the shower and not turn the water on and just use dry paper, you know, and call ourselves clean? Of course not. You know, we, we do that with our dishes. We, we do that with our dirty car or dirty everything. Like we always use water to clean those things. So it really, for me, was just like every time I went to the bathroom, I would try to use all this dry paper. Then I would jump in the shower. You know, the average American uses 57 sheets of toilet paper per day. And I was certainly one of those people using that much toilet paper, just trying to clean it. And then it out in the bat in the shower anyway, wasting a bunch of time, a bunch of water, a bunch of energy. And it was just such a cumbersome, ridiculous process for me. 
And so, and then I realized that, you know, like I, I looked into it to discover that, you know, toilet paper not only kills 15 million trees per year, but it causes a bunch of things because you're not cleaning yourself properly. So it causes things like hemorrhoids and urinary tract infections and, and like, you know, anal fissures, all these things that are just not fun and millions and millions and millions of cases of these. And, and it's sort of like, for me, the, the real question was, can I take this, this thing that people have been doing since the late 1800s, which is wiping our butts with dry paper and, and turn it on its head and actually, you know, you know, show people the right way to do it. And so I think it always starts with you. It always starts with your own pain point. Um, so in my, in, in my book, do cool, my first book, I talk about the three questions to ask yourself before starting a, a disruptive business. And the first question is what sucks in your world? Like I said, it says start with you. And then the second question is, does it suck for a lot of people? Um, you know, which is, you know, like does, does, do a lot of people have to deal with this? Well, yeah, 30 million people are dealing with chronic urinary tract infections, hemorrhoids, anal issues, and, um, and, and, and millions of people have, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, um, IBS and, and all kinds of sort of like, you know, um, celiac and on all these issues, which, which cause them, you know, to, to, to have to go to the bathroom a lot. And, um, it's a very frustrating process. And so, yes, it sucks for a lot of people. Um, and then the third question is, can I be passionate about this issue cause or community for a really long time? And, and yeah, I definitely can be, you know, not only am I, you know, helping save, you know, millions of trees, but, and, or this product is helping save millions of trees, but it's also helping, um, you know, solve this, this, you know, this, this ridiculous hygiene and, and health issue. Um, and then of course, on top of that, you know, for every tushy sold, we're helping fund the production of, of, um, of clean sanitation facilities all over India. And to date, we've helped over 12,000 families gain access to clean sanitation. So, you know, can I be passionate about the global sanitation crisis for, for, for a really long time? Yes, I absolutely can. So um, that's really starts with you. Then does a lot of people have it? Yes. And then can you be passionate about it? Those are three very, very critical questions. Well, Mickey, I'm raising my hand right now when it comes to sanitation in India. I actually spent four months traversing that entire country, and the food is unbelievable. But guess what? When you eat a lot of food, you have to uh, go to the sanitation areas quite a bit, and that was not unbelievable. So here you have this amazing food and these really crappy crap places. I mean, yeah, India is called the open defecation capital of the world. I mean, you know, the, the, the fact that over a billion people have to go to the bathroom outside like animals and have nowhere to go to the bathroom. And then not only are they now pooping in these villages, but it's contaminating water systems and, and affecting these community, you know, health, you know, health and, and hygiene, of course, the smell, the standard of living is awful. And then women specifically, girls and women often, have nowhere to go and they have to hold in their pee and their poop all day long and then have to travel long distances together late at night to relieve themselves. And this isn't just a once in a while thing. This is an everyday thing for the rest of their lives. When you're holding in your pee and your poop in all day, it's causing major issues like urinary tract infections, all kinds of things, you know, because you can't properly relieve yourself and, and in a timely manner. So a lot of women aren't even drinking enough fluids or eating enough food because they just are afraid to go to the bathroom. I mean, this is like the reality of millions and millions and millions of people. So Fire Nation, it starts with you. I mean, what serious problems are you facing every single day that you can solve? I mean, it was right there, you know, not quite, but basically staring Mickey in the face every single day. You know, there she is having to go through this incredibly annoying process. And she was like, this is a problem that I not only can solve, but I really want to solve. I have passion about solving this problem. 
problem and adding even more value back into this world. So Mickey, if Fire Nation's, you know, going through the process and, you know, they actually come up with a disruptive idea, like your idea was super disruptive, but it's one thing to come up with a disruptive idea. It's another thing to actually put it into action. So once we have that disruptive idea, what are the next steps to create a disruptive product? I mean, like, what did you do? You first start by putting a mood board together of, of sort of not in the same field as you, but like, you know, you go, go to art museums or you go, you kind of go outside and look at, you know, just the world that you live in, whether it's nature and you just start taking sort of just like ideas of shapes. And, you know, you look at, um, you know, you look, you go to, you look at architecture, you look at interior design, you know, and then you just start putting a mood board together of like, what is it? what is that, the feeling of this product going to be? Like, what are the shapes? What are the curves? What are the colors, the contours? And you start getting an idea of sort of like the vibe that you want to create. And then you start putting it down on a piece of paper and you start kind of, even if you have no idea how to draw or, or cause I, you know, I'm not necessarily a, a, a drawer, but you know, you kind of like, you know, lay it down on a piece of paper just with literally like a pen and a paper. And then what you do is you just take it to um, a product designer and, and you can find lots of product designers on, you know, places like Upwork or, um, you know, through different product design, um, you know, uh, uh, graduate courses and then, and, and find all the students there. And then you kind of, you find the right one that, that makes, you know, that, that, that vibes with you. And then you show them the mood board and the kind of the concept that you want to create. And then they put together the, you know, a 3d rendering of it using CAD and AutoCAD and then you, then you, and then you go to a prototyper and then you create the prototype. And that's sort of like the step one, two, three of actually creating the product. So Fire Nation, you have this disruptive idea. You want to start the process of creating a disruptive product. What do you do? Well, you get on a mood board, you walk around, you look around, you know, what is inspiring you, then sit down, sketch it out, and then you got to take it to a product designer. You can go to places like Upwork, like Mickey said, and there's other places, you know, even like Fiverr, if maybe you want it just for five bucks, just like to start with something very basic, just to kind of keep the process going so that maybe by the time you go to something like Upwork or another level up, you even have a better idea idea or design that you can show to them to take it to the next level. So this is all critical steps in that process of A, disruptive idea, B, disruptive product. But Mickey, what you've done, frankly, better than most is you've taken the idea, you've turned it into a product, and then you've branded it disruptively. Now, talk to us about some things that you've done to really be disruptive in the branding of your physical products and some recommendations that you have for people that are listening as well. My creative team always knows that for me, when it comes to branding anything, there just needs to, it needs to feel like art. It really cannot feel like advertising or marketing or, you know, a, a website that just full of information. It really needs to feel like you're looking at art. And, and especially when you're talking about something disruptive, you know, art is arresting. Art makes you stop and look. Art makes you ask questions, like looking at something that, that has, you know, real breathing room around the piece of art. If it's too cluttered with words, it's just not going to, you know, get the, get the concept across. But if it's like a single image, you know, with, with a lot of space around it. And that image is, is really interesting and makes you be like, what's that? And what, you know, what is that single image? And then there's the website and, and the, and the logo, and that's all that there is. You know, I feel like that creates that sort of intrigue. And, you know, I feel like so oftentimes, you know, people want to say, 
you know, the technical and the, and the medical and the clinical and the, and the academic benefits of all the things that your product is going to do. But that just kind of like scares people off, frankly, you know, in the beginning, um, you know, for, for, for all my brands, I always want to say too much and, and it, it just was over people's heads. And so I realized that, you know, to really distill it down to one really intriguing image and, and let that be sort of the thing that drives, draws you in, um, you know, showed me that that's actually the way to do it. And so when, when I think about all of my brands, all of my products, um, they're very simple. It's very, it's very dumbed down. I, I think about music a lot, you know, oftentimes a new sort of, you know, music has like so many layers of a billion different like sounds and it just becomes so drowned out and it becomes so hard to listen. And it's just, it's so intense. You have to be on so many drugs to actually like, just let it listen, <laughs> listen to it versus, just a, a song with a basic chord and a simple melody. And that, that just like sticks, you know, to people and, and, and that like, you know, that's, that simplicity makes you remember it. And, and there's that, that level of just, you know, like, ah, it's like a refreshing and it's a breath of fresh air. Like, you know, my team, my, my team, like, you know, my, my current designer her name is Cindy. I'm always like, not enough breathing room, not enough breathing room. It's too cluttered, not enough breathing room, like open up the space, create more space. Um, that's critical, I think, in, in branding. Let's get specific for a second. What is the proudest branding achievement? And this is just in your opinion that you've had so far. I mean, kind of take us through that process and story of getting to that point. With my previous company, you know, we were trying to bring our uh, advertising and our campaigns outside of digital and, and into the world. And so we had our first out-of-home campaign, which is like a subway campaign. And we were able to you know, dream up, like, what would this subway campaign be? And, um, you know, what we settled on was just a simple grapefruit that was halved. Um, and, and that was basically put on a very simple, you know, half, you know, sort of this muted pink and half maroon backdrop. And that was it. Um, and then with, with, with the name of our, of our brand at the very bottom, but it was arresting enough and intriguing enough and, and sexy enough that, you know, it was like the talk of the town. I mean, it, this, this, this campaign really took us from, you know, a very small startup to a well-known brand. And I, and I, and I, I, you know, think that that simplicity, finding that right sort of icon, that right image, the right backdrop, um, the simplicity of it, enough breathing room around it, um, that all, um, you know, uh, that, that created that artful experience that people just talked about that this campaign went viral internationally. So Fire Nation, we've talked about idea curation. We've talked about product creation. We talked a little bit about branding and how to just do it simply. I mean, just the, the thought of that grapefruit. I mean, if that's just going to stand out because people are going to be like, oh, there's not a million words in that paper. There's not a million images that like is just kind of making my head spin. There's just one thing and it's just that grapefruit cut in half. I mean, just think about the beauty of that simplicity. And, you know, this is kind of actually started to morph into the marketing side. And, and that just being simple with your design, simple with your branding, and of course, simple with your marketing. But let's dive deeper into this point, Mickey, right now, which is how do you market a disruptive product? I mean, of course, that grapefruit cut in half, that was disruptive, that was killer marketing. How do you do that? How do you replicate things like that? So with Tushy, for example, you know, um, our, our marketing is, is really specifically specific on, on digital marketing right now. And same thing happened with, with things as well was really all about 
finding sort of the right audiences to target with the right sort of the right the right messaging that that felt really authentic. I think marketing it, and, and you know the word authenticity keeps popping up, authentic, authentic, authentic. But I think so many people and so many brands are trying to think about what the customer wants to hear versus what you really feel deeply within you that you want to say. And I think there's just it's just such a difference. You know, you can feel you can feel the difference whether someone's like saying the right words versus you, you know, feeling through what you want to say authentically. And I think that really shows up in all of all of my brands where it's it's like dripping with authenticity. Um, I also think that we have, you know, an inbound marketing strategy versus an outbound marketing strategy. An inbound marketing strategy is when you create spectacles enough, you know, enough interesting, weird things that people will write about you. So, for example, with Tushy, we just, you know, recently created a poop up shop. Um, and instead of doing a pop-up shop, it was a poop-up shop. And we did a partnership <laughs> with Poopery, the, the poop spray brand. And we put together the, like really weird, you know, kind of like an art gallery exhibit of, you know, like a, like a, you know, um, a ball pit, but the ball pits in the shape of, you know, a big toilet bowl, you know, with a tushy, with a large tushy on it. You know, we had, um, you know, an everybody poops, you know, like station, like Instagrammable station where, you know, there was just like, you know, books and books and books of, of everybody poops <laughs> on the wall that were rotating. Um, you know, we had a, a porta potty photo booth. So we, we took a, a porta potty and we turned it into a really fun photo booth that people could take pictures in. Um, and we just had a bunch of weird, we had a butt wall where we had a bunch of butts with like, you know, uh, a towel sticking out of, of the butt of the butt crack. And, and on the, on the towel were a bunch of facts about how bad toilet paper is. Um, and so it was just like a really weird, funny exhibit and it got featured and we had thousands of people come through the exhibit and, you know, and, and, and really touch our brand and, and giggle and, and have experiences with it and memories. Um, and I think that's the kind of stuff that we want to continue to do, um, to, you know, to create that buzz, to create that story, to create people to like Instagram, hello tushy all over, you know, their Instagram. And, and all of a sudden like a bunch, you know, thousands of people are, are sharing, you know, um, Hello Tushy and their Insta stories authentically, um, it, it becomes like, oh wait, what's Hello Tushy? Like, what is this? Oh, let me look it up. Let me check it out. And, um, and that, you know, we've started to see, you know, true um, exponential growth that way. So I really think, you know, creating spectacles, doing weird, like, you know, what we're about to do soon is we're about to send like this gigantic, you know, package to, you know, a couple of big, you know, media um, houses, um, offices, where it's going to be a gigantic package where you have to open up and it's this big toilet where, you know, you have an instruction manual, which tells you how to put the tushy on and how to set up the pump and then pump the tushy. It's just going to be like this whole thing that's going to be a spectacle that like these, you know, press is going to just giggle. They'll just find it, you know, it'll tickle them, you know, like we want to find things that, that tickle people, you know, in the past, you know, when we had big events, we, we, you know, I, I had my team, you know, put the events like, like basically go to Home Depot and buy quick dry cement and then, you know, pour, pour the cement over the invitations. And then people, you know, when these invitations got delivered to the press, um, the press had to like smash, you know, the, the concrete open. And then the invitation was in the middle of the concrete. So they had to kind of like, kind of like, like, you know, move all the concrete aside and like, like blow it so they can actually read the invitation. It just made it really fun. You know, I had another experience where, you know, I had my team blow out the egg yolk out of these eggs. They were raw eggs. So you just kind of stuck a little needle in the top and the bottom and you, you like blew, blew out the egg yolk. And then we stuck a little scroll in it 
which had a question. And then in order for you to like see, get the question, they like smash the, they like crack the egg open. And it was just like this really fun experiences that got people like participating in the experience. And so I think participation is key is, is integral in the marketing, you know, in marketing. And, you know, I think, you know, they say that, um, experiential marketing is the stickiest form of marketing. So if we can create experiences and along, you know, every step of the way, that's, that's the most important thing. So Fire Nation, those are the moments when you have the giggles, when you have the buzz. I mean, those are priceless moments. How are you going to create those type of moments around your business? It's going to cause that organic growth. I mean, now, you know, Mickey's seeing the Instagram photos and just that snowball effect is happening because people are doing this stuff organically. So create those moments. And Fire Nation, we have a lot more value coming your way when we get back from thanking our sponsor. Fire Nation, I'm here with Ian Siegel, the CEO of Zip Recruiter. And Ian, it seems like Zip Recruiter is constantly optimizing and looking for new ways to help employers. What's a recent product feature you're excited about? The number one pain point for employers is finding qualified candidates. Everybody gets a bunch of candidates when they post a job, but it's really difficult to find qualified candidates. And one of the things that we discovered at ZipRecruiter is that when you get 30, 50, 70 candidates, sometimes it's hard to go through every single one of the people who applied and make sure you give them appropriate consideration. We built a feature at ZipRecruiter called Great Match. And what that does is straightforward. Our algorithms go through all of the applicants who apply to your jobs and sort the very best matches right to the top. It makes it trivially easy to see who the best applicants to your job are and to make sure you never miss a great candidate. Fire Nation, we can get to that finish line, but can you make the right decision when you're there? Because even after you filter out unqualified candidates, you can still get dozens of qualified ones, and reviewing even just a few can take a long time. Great match is almost like having a personal assistant to prioritize the best, because you don't need to review all your candidates, just the best ones, and you can do that with Zip Recruiter. Zip Recruiter takes a lot of the pain out of the hiring process. It starts with their powerful technology, which scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right skills, education, and experience, and actively invites them to apply to your job. Then, as Ian said, Zip Recruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. It's no wonder Zip Recruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. based on Trustpilot ratings of hiring sites with over a thousand reviews. And right now, Fire Nation, you can try Zip Recruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash F-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So Mickey, we're back and we talked about a lot today, but what I kind of want to focus on right now is PR. I mean, actually getting down to the public relations for a disruptive product. I mean, how do you go about this? I mean, how do you really focus this for um, a product that you want to be disruptive? What are things that you've done and what are some best practices maybe even you've seen some of your peers and friends do as well? A great example of this was recently we, we had a, um, an, a press event for Tushy and, um, and by the way, it's so important for people to know not to go to tushy.com because it's a porn site, <laughs> but go to hello, tushy.com, hello, tushy.com fire nation. Make sure that happens. <laughs> hello, tushy. Thank you. Um, so we had a big press event for tushy and, um, 
Uh, and we invited 25 press, including New York Times, New Yorker, Fast Company, but just like everyone. And um, the way we invited them was we sent out these invitations in these like really like sexy brown boxes. And then we had DIY anal beads in them. <laughs> so it's like do it yourself, like make anal beads. And they were kind of like, we just found like some like, you know, funny string and we got like some beads from like Amazon. Like it wasn't even like a fancy thing. It was just this funny little kit to show you how to like make anal beads. And it was just, you know, so weird. And of course, press that's pretty, pretty conservative. They were just like, you know, some of them were like, we got this, these, you know, this box of DIY anal beads and they found it funny or they were like, oh, these cheap anal beads. It was just funny. But regardless, <laughs> 25 press showed up to my event wow. and my, my press event was, you know, we had two naked people laying on tables. One was being painted by like an artist and the other one was kind of like looking, you know, in the mirror, but like on just, just like on, on their belly. So, you know, it wasn't a frontal shot, but both of them were like lying on their, on their, on their bellies. And one was in like the main room and the other one was in like a smaller room. Um, and then they were just saying different things. Um, and then upstairs we had like a butt masseuse from like this sort of like, you know, butt massage people come. And it was just like a weird event that, um, that, you know, like, like I said, conservative press kind of like push, you know, went to their edge to like attend this kind of a, you know, I guess risque, but not really event. And then every, it, we were on the cover of vice magazine, you know, we were on the front page of vice.com. Um, you know, New York times were a full spread on it. New Yorker had a full article on it. Fast company had an article. I mean, it was just like all over. And so we just kind of, you just take risks and you take chances and you do things that people would be like, no way, don't do that. You know, but instead just like, let's do it. Some people might like poo poo it, turn their nose to it. But a lot of people might be like, Ooh, we want to show up to this weird thing. You know, when I first started my restaurants, um, which are still going, you know, I have three locations now, um, check out wild, you know, to eat, drink wild.com to check it out. Um, it's gluten-free farm to table pizza restaurants. Um, and, um, you know, when I first opened my first tiny little restaurant, like nobody, I wasn't a celebrity chef. I had, I had no contacts. And so I had no, no reason to, um, you know, to get any kind of press for it. So what I, what I did instead of like sending out these boring press releases, I put together these weird nondescript boxes. Um, and I had my friend's dad, who is a, who is a doctor, send me 50 IV bags. And, um, and then um, I, I basically put these IV bags in these weird, just regular brown boxes that cost me like a dollar each. The, the IV bags were free. And I put, I put these stickers on top of the IV bags. And then I put this little postcard on top of the, or a little like uh, a note, a note card on top of the, of the, of the um, IV bag. And on the note card, it said, the, you know, the perfect food will be arriving shortly. Until then, don't eat anything. <laughs> and, then, um, and then on the IV bag, it had a little like a note and like on the sticker on the sticker, I hand wrote, should the lack of sustenance prove to be debilitating, please insert tube into vein. And it was just this like, you know, like <laughs> basically like take an IV if you're not going to be eating right. until you get to the restaurant. And then it was a little invitation to my, my little restaurant underneath that. And my goal, my dream was to get Florence Fabricant from the New York Times to like cover my restaurant. And I was like, there's no way. Cause she only covers like the top notch Michelin star restaurants. And sure enough, the fall, and I want to be like the Wednesday, like Wednesday, like, you know, the food section of New York times. And sure enough, the following Wednesday, I had no idea she came to my restaurant. There was this picture of me and, and, and my chef at the time 
um, in the, I guess the picture was taken. I just forgot. I didn't know it was New York times. Anyway, it was a full pay, full, like spread in the New York times in the food section by Florence Fabricant. And it was like, I started crying. It was amazing. And all these things you can do it for cheap. You don't have to spend any money. You can spend like 25 cents on the box, a dollar for the boxes, 25 cents for the stickers, free IV bags. You just have to be creative. And nobody wants, like, think about it. If you're a press person, do you want to have a stack of press releases on your desk? Or do you want to get this weird box that has these funny things in it? Of course, you're going to want to get these weird boxes. It just takes a little bit more time and more effort, not more money, you know, to do. Fire Nation, when it comes down to it, get inventive and have fun. I mean, if you're not having fun around your product, nobody's going to be having fun around your product. So it starts with you. You are the core. And Mickey, when we had a little pre-interview chat, which actually went on for a little while, we were talking about Puerto Rico and about taxes and all these different things. And you were saying, man, that sounds great, but I would hate to leave my community in New York and Brooklyn. I mean, it's just such a great community. My friends are up here because community is so important. And I mean, that's why, you know, Kate and I feel blessed that we've actually been able to kind of move into a great community down here because we left a great one in San Diego as well. And Fire Nation, the point behind all of this is you need to have a great community around a disruptive product. If you don't have that, your concept is just not going to roll. So how did you, Mickey, grow and create this great disruptive community around your products? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, I think it really does, does you know, start with authenticity. If you put out really authentic, cool, fun that you want to see yourself, then people will be like, oh, wow, that's like you're talking to me. You're talking to, like you're speaking my language. Like it feels like your best friend wrote it. Um, I think, you know, when, when, when we write, when we, when we create, we always think about like, does it feel like I'm texting my best girlfriend? Does it feel like I'm texting my best friend? Because if it doesn't, then it's not authentic enough. It's like, cause when you text your friend, you kind of like, don't overthink it. You're just like, mm. you know, you're like, whatever, like, nah, 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 you know, whatever. And it's just like, can you create that same feeling that you would like you're texting your best friend? And, um, you know, I think when it comes to creating community, it, it's, it's no different. You invite them to things like you would a friend, you talk to them like you would your best friend, you, you know, you, you, you send emails to them like you would send emails to your best friend. Like, but you really try and do it in a way that's not like, that feels really like I'm talking to you and to, to, to me, um, uh, and so community just builds that way. And I think also like we send out our newsletter every single week, like every single week on Thursday goes out. It's called the posterior. Um, cause you know, we're a bit, we're like a butt company. So <laughs> it's called the posterior and the posterior goes out every single week on Thursday. And, and when you have consistency like that, consistency builds community, you know, you have a consistent thing that people look, look forward to and that genuinely builds community as well. So, um, I think it takes time too. you know, you have sometimes a few pops of, of virality and then the rest of it is just slow and steady. I mean, you, you can attest to that. I mean, Eon fire, like, you know, your, your, your fire nation didn't build overnight, right? You have 2000, now. 2040s, you know, like, like podcasts with giving all of your energy and, and, and giving, you know, bringing really, you know, smart people together to, to, to gain you know, um, from, from, from your interviews. And I think, you know, 2040 is not like 10, it's 2040. That's a lot. And, and like 99.9% of people have given up by like, you know, number a hundred, if they don't have like 
tens of thousands of listeners or whatever, you know? So I think it requires so much dedication, so much time, um, to really build a community. And you're like a perfect example of that. Well, there's three words that you use, Mickey, that I just love. And I actually don't even know if I've heard them in this order before. So I'm going to steal them. I'm going to give you credit twice, but then it's mine forever. And those three (laughs) words are consistency builds community. I mean, Fire Nation, it is so clear. It is so succinct. Consistency builds community. And you're darn right. I mean, I would not have built you know, entrepreneurs on fire into the over 1 million listens per month, you know, had I stopped at episode 10 or 100 or even 1,000. Like, it's just been this very slow, very steady growth. But guess what? Slow growth over 2,000 plus episodes has turned into over a million listens a month. So Fire Nation, whatever you're doing, you keep doing it. You have the consistency to build your community. And I want to end, Mickey, with you kind of taking us on a little path down Disrupt Her. I mean, this book comes out in January of 2019. So Fire Nation, mark your calendars. It's coming up at the beginning of 2019. You're going to want to check this out. But Mickey, tell us why. Why should entrepreneurs on fire? Why should Fire Nation care about this book? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's called Disrupt Her. So I think, you know, you'd, you'd think that it's for women, but actually it really is, you know, for 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 all humans. You know, he, and I, I say her, right? The word her, but he is within her, just like man was is within woman, right? And so like if you think about like, you know, the Bible or even Man's Search for Meaning, like those books have the word man in it. And, and even like in the Bible, they say he or, 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 or man or, or, you know, him. And, and yet women read those texts too. And so, yes, my book says it's called Disrupt Her, but it's really meant to be read by, by everybody who's interested in disruption in their lives. Um, and so, you know, uh, like why I wrote the book is, is that, you know, humans are confined and controlled by societal norms, you know, and that we're not even aware of, you know, like, um, and, and truly the key to, to taking back our power is questioning and disrupting, you know, these repressive norms. And so, so really a disruptor is someone who is brave enough to question the societal norms that confine, you know, him or her and bold enough to blaze her own path forward. And so I think it's, it's really all about that questioning everything in our lives and then disrupting the things that don't make sense and creating the life that we want. So where's the best place for Fire Nation to snag this book? Um, I mean, they can get it on pre-order on Amazon, like pretty much right away. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and just go, just go to disrupt her. Um, and um, but, but we're really, you know, going to start start. Um, you know, the book comes out January 29th, and so um, I'm going to be doing, you know, some um, extra stuff. You know, on the on the audio book, I'm going to add some extras in there. Um, I'm doing some giveaways for the first you know, thousand books that are sold and, and stuff like that. And that's going to come a little bit later, but yeah, would love to, you know, to, to, I think that, I think the, you know, the fire nation community will really get a lot out of this book, especially if you're interested in disruption. Well, fire nation, there is one thing that you do know. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with Mickey and JLD today, so there's two of your five. Keep up the heat. And if you head over to eofire.com and you type Mickey, M-I-K-I, in the search bar, her show notes page is going to pop up with everything that we've talked about today with links to the book Disrupt Her and again, everything else that we've chatted about. You're also going to see episode 748 pop up. So over 1,300 episodes ago, which is, I don't even know, is that like four years ago? Like Mickey and I jumped on a Entrepreneurs on Fire interview where we focus a lot more on her journey as an entrepreneur. So if you liked what Mickey had to say today, and obviously you did because you're still listening 
Go check out that episode too, episode 748. She rocked it. Um, both of these episodes, value bombs, were dropped. And so, Mickey, I just want to say thank you for sharing your truth, your wisdom, your knowledge with Fire Nation today. And for that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. So happy to be here. Hey, Fire Nation, hope you enjoyed our chat with Mickey today, and I really hope that you are ready, that you are finally ready to discover your big idea, and the best part is you can do it in just three hours. How, JLD, you ask? Well, it's because I've created an amazing system that will get you to your big idea in just 180 minutes. I did the math real quick. It almost didn't work out. And then the sky is the limit. And the best part is this training is completely free fire nation. So visit your big idea.io your big idea.io. And I will catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. You and I both know hiring quality candidates isn't easy, but there's a place where hiring is so simple and smart. Zip Recruiter. Post your job with one click, then Zip Recruiter does the work for you. Their powerful matching technology scans millions of resumes across this network of hundreds of job boards to find the right people for your job and then actively invite them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try Zip Recruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ziprecruiter.com slash fire. That's ziprecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter. Once again, the smartest way to hire.